0: You are listening to the SITREP podcast, your source for historic wargaming with a fresh perspective. We review the latest and greatest products in wargaming, discuss rules and what-if scenarios, and we cover the news and the latest trends. This is all brought to you by your SITREP command team from around the world. Join us for another riveting conversation here on the SITREP podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. This is Bill, and we have the whole command team together from our main headquarters here outside of Chicago, Illinois, and our FOBs around the world, uh, whether it's on the east coast of Florida, the UK, or up in the great white north of Canada. We bring it to you all over the world. We have the latest and greatest news and discussions, and hopefully we have no power outages like last one that cut our program down. And boy, we had a great conversation and we lost the really good meat of that conversation. Uh, No, thanks to a, let's just say an idiot who decided to drive about a hundred miles an hour down the road near my house and took out an electric car in the rain and took out a power pole. And that shut everything down. So uh, we tried to uh, do a backdoor fix using a phone and software, and it just didn't record right. So uh, we apologize for that. But let's get on with today's show. So joining me here uh, via the wonderful world of the web uh, is Marty good morning all and then over there in sunny florida our historical guru big jim oriskany who i hear has fanboys hey jim oh
1: you know it's 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 the cross we all have to bear uh (laughs) no seriously hello everybody
0: how you doing and there is a gentleman up there in the great white north probably wearing plaid and he's got his what do you call mucks um and eating poutine uh that'd be chris hey chris I was going, eh? <laughs> And then our refined Bob Ross of painting that English gentleman we all know and love Gaz Gaz how you doing
2: I am very well thank you very much Do you have very a fresh well. cup of brew no, and I've just realized that, which is now why I'm not so very well. <laughs>
0: oh, no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> well, I can tell you I do have my rep cup in my hand full of life or juice, and I'm in a happy, happy mood. All right. So let's get on with the show. A lot of t- to talk about. Let's start off with some uh, update to the 13, hours of thir- 13 days to 13 hours game. Uh, so we are at the finish line. So, next Saturday, September 26, is going to be the transit game. Jim's creation that Gaz has been secretly plotting away and figuring out all kinds of strategies to ruin the good old USA's response to saving the ambassador. Just like a typical Brit. Gotta go ruin the U.S. of A. So, <laughs> they're still sore about 1781 or whatever. So, you know. Still
3: salty, they lost twice.
0: Yeah, or twice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking the bait. I'm taking the bait. And I don't care. If we had been fighting in Europe at the same time, we'd have been get, fine. Yeah. He wanted to cry into his sit
3: cup about
2: that. If I had a cup of tea, I'd have been fine. I'd have just swallowed the pride with the tea. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm still not 100% convinced the Americans won the war of 1812. Oh, no. That's, 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 a, that's, that's one of those things. Well, okay, Jim. Let's be fair. A, yeah,
0: sure. Let's be fair. Possessions nine tenths of the law. Who? What flag is flying over the White House right now?
1: Uh, the White House that was burnt down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: that one? Okay. Just making sure.
0: Yeah. But what flag's there?
2: I don't know. Uh, red, white, blue, isn't it? It's red, yeah, white, blue. True, the good old red, stars red, and stripes. Yeah, but yep. also the English flags colors. Well, not the English, to be fair. Well, okay, English
0: let's flag. let's let's discuss that a little bit, shall we? Now, in grammar wow. school, we were all dis- <laughs> we were all taught that the stars were the original, you know, part of the thirteen colonies, you know, the original, um, and then every state thereafter, and that the red and the white were to signify the purity of the United States and the blood and sacrifice of our citizens that fought in the Revolutionary War.
1: those the original 13 colonies.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
1: The number of stripes for the actual colors. That's
0: right. Thank you. Um, But since most of the colonists came from the English colonies, originally, you know, England or whatever, they drew upon what they knew. And that was the Union Jack. Yes. Um, So, We uh, we'd still give a nod to our heritage, you know, but again, now we're this huge melting pot. And if you threw all the colors of all the nations of all the people that came to this country, our flag would be black let's be, you know, it would literally be a black cloth. Um,
1: what you would do, what our coat, what our flag would look like if you actually did it like realistically uh is okay. Paint like 52 tanks, like all day. And at the end of the day, the wash water for your paint brushes, that would be the color of our flag. (laughs) That that awful brownish gray borderline bong water that you get at at the end of the day. That would would be (laughs) our flag. It'd be
3: like wiping your brush off on a Gadsden flag. That's what it should look like. Yeah. So, (laughs)
0: Wow. All right. Well, uh, let's move on, shall we? There's there's our ever gentleman, kind Canadian friend up there, just sitting back watching the U.S. and the Brits, you know, talk crap and he's up there going, "Yeah, it's okay." You know, thank you very much. Printing
3: out, printing out infantry like a madman.
0: Yeah. What is with all the printing, Chris? Good God, you're making me look so bad. Do you ever work? I mean, it seems like all you do all day is print stuff.
4: No, no, I work a whole day and then just leave the printers going all day.
0: Okay. <laughs> How many printers are you running right now?
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> three. Wow. Three. <laughs> <Dear Lord. laughs> uh the for the fourth one is it needs a new fan, so it's not running. Okay. Worry But uh, no, I'm uh, the resin printer is just going 24/7. <laughs> Yeah. How do you screen. have yours
0: vented? Do you, ha- do you vent yours? Yeah, I do. Oh, see. Um, I've, uh,
4: I've got an, um, induct fan. Uh-huh. That vents outside.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's been my court. problem. I have not been venting. And so my, uh, hobby room really smells. So I have oh, to be yeah. careful with that. But I, have you seen the new, uh, any printers that have come out the larger ones? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to get one yeah, of those. Well, it, it depends on what I do with my life for the next few months of where I end up living and all that stuff. But you know, there's that as well. We might be having a fire sale of all our games and stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep a lookout for that. Um, okay. So we're going to, yeah. anybody who's interested in Warhammer 40 K I've got about a, th- $5,000 worth of stuff in boxes that uh, people might be interested in, and I'll give it away literally for free. You just have to pay shipping. Um, so, you know, who knows? Well, anyways, let's get on with the show. All right. So transit game will be Octo- or October, September 26th. Uh, Jim, what's a good time for us to be starting that? A, a nooner? Is that sure. a-, a nooner game? Yep. Okay. Um,
1: um, they've, they've been running... Uh, with uh, with trash talking and whatever you know and like trash questions, well, what do you think? Jess? About three hours?
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, say three, three
1: and a half. Okay, yeah, all right. As long as, as, as it takes through me through to kill we- the interpreter, that's all. Always- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, blitzing straight through. We could probably get through it in about 90 minutes, but that's no fun. So let's no. just call it three hours.
0: Cool. Three, three hours. hours. All right, guys. Uh,
1: yeah. Noon is good. Yep. So between like noon and three. Perfect.
0: Like that. All right. It's trash talking. When have we ever trash talked each other? We are nothing but the most perfect behaved, <laughs> you know,
2: polite <laughs>
0: people that you will ever
2: meet. Trash 24 minutes. And 57 seconds
0: ago. Oh,
4: 58, 59. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's
0: that. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. All right. Well, when you have a room full of vets, and everybody in this room is a vet of their nation's military. And then we have a Marine, too. So, you know, we got to.
1: Oh. Oh. <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Because I do believe the other uh, four people in the podcast are all army. Yes. Canadian army, British army, United States army, and then a Marine. We had to of our token Marine, you know, it's part of that equal opportunity, you know, American Disabilities Act. You got to, you know, provide it, you know, to the crayon eaters and all that. So. Um.
2: <laughs> Yeah, get it. Get you it, need get it. to roll the boat to get us there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Even the brick well gets, gets in, in on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, the I, streets, yo. I love the tea from the ship before
1: it burns. <laughs> this was after I defended the British in 1812. By the way, <laughs> thank Canada for jumping in on that. Canada should have been jumping in on that, but that's fine. <laughs> we invaded Canada three times in that war, failed three times. you think Canada of all people would have jumped in on that one, but that's fine. All right. <laughs>
0: Well, we're off to a rip-roaring start this morning. All right. Um, Let's talk about other things. All right. So Transit Game, the 26th at noon, and then the weekend of 3rd and 4th of October. So look on the 4th of October for the recorded version of the miniatures game. We thought about doing it live, but we want to clean it up, polish it up, and take out some of the dead air, because, you know, when you're playing a miniatures game, you might have some dead air time or rules reference or something like that. So we want to make it enjoyable for you to watch at your convenience. So, we'll be recording it and then editing it, and then we'll be putting it out on October 4th. So, you'll get to see what happens. Now, remember, there's a contest. The person who puts out on either the transit game or the actual miniatures game, the results. Oh, yeah. You know what? How do we do this? Because, how do you do this? Um,. Because, you know, you could watch the game and then recomment on it, right? How do we
1: do this? Does this have, any, does this have to do with the, the Gun Bunny Santa contest? Or no, that that's different.
0: Else? The Gun Bunny Santa okay. is for the special edition miniatures. This is gotcha. for the, okay. the Spectre starter set so how do we do this you know we want people to predict the outcome but obviously we shouldn't do it on the video itself because you could just watch it and then predict you know hey this is what happened and go oh my god he's 100 percent right how did he know that um
1: um how about the thread of the um transit game Okay. Have the a, have a comments on there because yeah. that's going
0: to be a week beforehand. Go. Yeah, there you go. So on the transit game, you have to comment on the transit game. What will be the final outcome of the whole event? So what happens at the end of the miniatures battle? Because the transit game is dictates the setup for the miniatures game. So on the transit game, you have to per- post your prediction. OK, it can be All on right. YouTube. It could be on Facebook. It could be on Twitter. Um, however we do it, we just need to make sure we notate the Twitter ones because um, it's only last so long. Right. Uh, or not Twitter, Twitch,
1: um, uh, Twitch or Discord.
0: Yep. A- any of those. And uh, we will pick the most accurate prediction to win the new Spectre uh, starter set. The two-player starter set. Right,
1: so, at the end of the transit game, at the end of the transit game, you're going to know how many operators actually made it. Yep. If any of them are wounded, how many uh, insurgents are actually attacking the compound, and what, how bad the fire is. There you go. Um, how bad? How bad? How much trouble the ambassador's in? Um, you're going to know all those data points at the end of the transit game. So, based on that information, uh, make the best guess you can about how the miniatures game will turn out one week later. Yep. And I guess it's uh, going to be up to the team, whoever. Comes comes closest uh, uh, is going to win the uh, is, is going to win the prize.
0: There you go. Guys couldn't have said it any better myself. That's Jim so eloquently explaining it. So, that is going to be that. So, speaking of contests, we have a couple other contests that we've had out there. One of them was for those special edition Adepticon Salute minis and you had to comment the word Gun Bunny Santa. Yes. Yeah. So, we have picked a winner. That winner
4: uh, oh
3: yay! It's Marty. His
0: goes by the name Paul B. It's not Marty Schaefer. Paul B. So Paul B. I don't know who Paul B. is. I believe it was on Facebook. Uh, please email us at sitrep.podcast at gmail.com and give us your shipping information and we will get out to you those. um miniatures yeah so to paul b we want to say thank you very much and congratulations
3: yep absolutely that's a fine set of miniatures too
2: okay. Okay. Yeah. all right I, so. I have
3: i have that sitting primed. not the one paul's getting but i have a i have a set sitting primed on my desk that uh i am uh in the process of painting
0: yep so um, we also have another prize to give away. We have the starter set for North Hag. Um, so we need to find the uh, Marty. Do you have access to Facebook right now?
1: I I do. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: or. More- does anybody have access to the posting for the peers, uh, podcast, uh, I'm looking for or on YouTube. Um, I am not at a computer right now. Um, and we can pick a winner for that. Uh, and from on. the comments. So let me know when you got that up. So we're going to talk about a few more things. So, um, I think we're going to have another contest. I just received a package from Spectre Miniatures. Um, Marty wins. What's that? (laughs) Marty wins. No, Marty Uh, is not eligible. You people. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, those. That's
3: why uh, I joined this. I
0: get a bunch of free stuff. No, there's no free stuff for you. (laughs) No soup for you. That's it. I'm out. I'm just going (laughs) to comment. (laughs) 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 I quit this week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so uh i gotta check the package but i believe there are two sets of those special edition um miniatures that sit rep or sit rep that uh Spectre put out not the uh, convention ones the other set i think they were lost casts or whatever they were you know the one that's got like the guy that's wounded carrying the other one um i think i got two sets i have to open up the package but if that is the case we'll be having another contest and somebody can win those special edition edition miniatures. So feeling the love people. We're feeling the love. Yeah. All
2: so, right.
3: Hey, uh, Bill, which, which podcast, I'm, or what am I looking for here on YouTube? Which one?
0: The peers brand interview for North Hag. Okay. okay. Hold on. I'm scrolling through as we speak. Yep. All right. So Chris, n- any news updates, any project updates <laughs> that you would like to discuss?
4: <laughs> Uh, I don't know where to start. Uh, (laughs) Infantry. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Plenty of it. Let's start with infantry. Okay. So let's start with the far past. I am printing off right now, trying right now to print off. It would be probably French Indian War British. um, And uh, French Indian War uh, French infantry. And they're turning out really nice. I'm rescaling them right now. Uh-huh. So they fit in with anything else that I've got. Let's see what else. Uh, then Wait I a minute. Weren't to, you just
0: printing Marines for the Pacific?
4: Yeah, I'm printing Marines. They're on the printer right, right now. I've got Marines coming out in 15 mil on the printer. And I did Japanese yesterday. Um, you are all
0: over the place.
4: Yeah, that's, that's how I roll. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then I've got, uh, some modern infantry, U.S. and Russian that I'm printing. I've printed off some, uh, cord heavy machine guns, Mark 19 grenade launchers. I'm going to be printing off a javelin later this afternoon. Um, what else have I been printing? I've been printing up uh, Japanese vehicles, American Marine vehicles, like LVTs, um, some Higgins boats, um, yeah, that's that, that's what I've been working on. So let me and ask I,
0: you, I got a couple of questions come to mind. The first one is, what are you printing the French and Indian stuff for? What rule set are you looking to use?
4: Uh, the new edition to. that
0: just came out?
4: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Because I have the
0: original uh, first edition. Um, Love that. You have to let me know how the second edition is.
4: Okay. And what else am I printing? Oh, buildings. Lots and lots of buildings.
0: Okay. So everybody out there is going to be asking where are you finding these files?
4: Okay. Um, With the modern stuff, I support a Patreon. Okay. Uh, Albino Raven. Okay. I've been sharing the link for that on our Facebook group. Perfect. Um, and Thingiverse. Yep. And, and uh, 3D w- historical wargaming. I think it, I'll put the uh, I'll put a link for that. Too. Perfect. Uh, that's where I got the Marines and the Japanese from.
0: Perfect. So, uh, for you guys who don't know, Chris, uh, if you have joined us very recently and don't know who Chris is, Chris is one of the actual founding members of the Sitrep Podcast who had taken a break. Um, you know, life gets in the way sometimes, and has returned in full force. And he's kind of taken over as like our social, social director. You're like Julie from the Love Boat. Um, <laughs> so, uh, everybody he, listens to this uh, certain age. He's the force behind the Facebook page. He's the one that's just putting out social posts after social. It's amazing how you find the time to print all the stuff, do your videos and you make us, you know, you make me look bad. I'm like, geez, how does he do all this stuff? Um, so yeah, you know, make sure you're following Chris on Walkabout Games too. That's his own, uh, web page or uh, Facebook page. Um, but you know, he does the, our hobby videos along that alternate with Gaz's painting videos. Um, But I tell you what, you're really making me look bad on the 3D printing. I was like full force into it, and then, you know, life gets in the way. And my I'm staring at my AntiCubic Photon right now, and it's looking very sad, just dark and quiet. Um, But you know, (laughs) once I figure out my life in the next couple months, I plan on getting that uh, larger AntiCubic, and I am gonna get one of those. um, Is it the Piopoli one? The the huge print-based one, uh, to print that terrain. One. So, yeah. well, Chris, um, we're, we're gonna to going to have to do a 3D out. printing show, you know, um, so for, well,
4: that, that's, that's the next thing up. Okay, um, cool. A whole bunch of people asked me how I did certain things. I've already put a, a, a tiny, tiny little video up on the page. Yep. I saw um, your one
0: video you did with like your catch-up on uh, 3D prints. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And then I did one for a couple people on how I make my 3D prints more flexible. Okay. And snap. So I put up a little short little video of that. Nice. uh, Up on the page. What else is going on? There's tons of scenery being made right now. Like a lot of scenery for Pacific and Vietnam. Uh We've got like so much. And for World War II. Nice. We've got a full just. Building terrain right
0: now. Yeah, those uh, um, little bushes or grass that you're doing for the Vietnam uh, is genius. Um, mm-hmm. You know that, that's turning out really well, Jim. You, I don't know if you've seen any of that, but he's printing out little uh, vegetation, jungle vegetation that you you can add to basing and stuff, and it looks really good. Um,
1: yeah, I'm seeing everything on Discord.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: Yeah, so, I have stuff
0: on Discord. Excellent. Look at that. He's. I I I, I fully admit I do not really uh do discord much because i'm still trying to figure out you know of all people you think i'd be on that but i don't know for some reason i'm just not connecting with discord as well um excellent 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 gas
2: are they working Hello? into the bone gas uh it's eased a little so obviously not working this weekend but that's only because the aircraft were ready to go on exercise monday when we finished on friday
3: good for you uh,
2: so hopefully, once this exercise goes ahead, we—I say they'll take their foot off our throat. But now that they've put it there, they kind of like to keep it there. As you guys know, once you produce something, they think you can do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll see if that eases a little bit. We've been warned off until at least the end of October. Okay. That we're just going to get thrashed. So yeah. basically, yeah, still doing uh, week of days, week of slips, alternating every single week. Uh, some of the slips are pushing twelve to fourteen hours, and then get back, get to bed, get some, get up, get some to eat, get changed, get to work. Yeah, yikes! <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty horrendous, but you know, I managed to squeeze in a painting session this weekend because we weren't working. Uh, and thankfully, uh, the guys stepped in and covered me for the last one that I couldn't make, which was much appreciated. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, um, yeah, coming up Tuesday is a Ragnar Lothbrok. Really? From the Ragnar Miniatures. So, yeah. Now, is this based uh, on the TV
0: show or is this the actual historical model?
2: I would say TV show. Okay. Okay. Um, I think um, he's got a symbol on his chest that doesn't quite fit with the show. So I think it was done quite early on. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, In the show, I think it's uh, some form of crow, whereas this one's more like a Griffin's head or something on those lines. Gotcha. I don't know if they did that to give themselves some space for IP, maybe, or Uh it was just something that they wanted or fitted in with what they wanted to produce. But no, he's a lovely mini. Um, I'd say he's almost, for the most part, he's true scale. It's just his hands that are heroic. Okay it offsets the model a little bit uh-huh. you know when you look at it you think oh, if they had just done them a bit smaller it would have been a, that bit more nicer but it's um, it's stunning it's it's a really nice mini it's got great detail it was a, a pleasure to work on nice So yeah,
0: uh, which video brand about, is it? Hassle uh, Free Hassle Free okay
3: you know what they say about big hands?
0: what? Big glove. small brain? <laughs> big glove oh okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would say it would have to be based off the show, because the historical, air quotes, figure of uh, Ragnar Lothbrok is really nebulous. I mean, it's one of those situations, I mean, I'm not an expert, but the little bit of research I've done, we wouldn't know that there was such a thing as Ragnar Lothbrok if it wasn't for his sons. The only real record we have, like in the the Northumbria Chronicles or whatever they call it, is you hear, you know, certain people, certain people, certain people, son of Ragnar. But when he come to actually look at anything about Ragnar himself, he like doesn't exist. Mm. Um, so the show kind of had a blank check as far as how to create him. So I would have to say that would almost certainly be uh, based off the show's you know vision yeah. of, of what he what he what he, uh, he would have looked at. Um, the historical record as far as most of his kids go uh, becomes a lot more solid. It's one of those situations where the sons are more more famous than the father.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my the only exposure, lights, honestly, to uh, that is this TV show. I I don't really know a lot of uh, historical based Viking uh, information. Mine is truly based upon the TV show, and then that old was it Kirk Douglas made a Vikings movie back in the yeah. old old days. So yes, he did. So that that's literally my exposure to Vikings. Um, so and then I think uh, in grade school we watched a movie about Leif Erikson. So you know. That, that's really about all I know about Vikings at this point. Anything else, Gaz, you're working on or
2: playing or got going on? Uh, I've started playing with, I've scaled down to do some Vietnam printing, actually, for the WoW Buildings Kickstarter that a couple of us backed. Yeah. So uh, just playing around with that at the moment. Um, I've ordered a Prusa Mark III. Did you three. really? Ooh. Yeah, I bit the bullet and went... went I was just I just kept looking I saw more and more of these files Chris, yeah Chris, it's Chris's fault it's 100% Chris's fault he <laughs> 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 keeps keep putting up like bloody 20 marines on a platform and a boat with them and you're just like I need to get some of this shit <laughs> 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 I need to get in on board that so um, got quite a lot of files from the Vietnam like I said the wild building yeah it's obviously a great source as well but the majority of them are 200, well, the ones I grabbed for 28 mil are around 200 by 200. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, uh, resin started. printer's just not big enough. Yeah, that's mm. it. So did some research um, about what's, what's under $1,000 essentially, but uh-huh. gives you the highest quality. And Prusa kept ringing the right bells on a number of forums, a number of top
0: tens. Yeah it is probably the most refined of the fdm printers that you can get um i know a couple people uh tom tollis uh from uh, fat dragon um who swears by the uh creative is it creative the cr3 or whatever it is chris um he, he swears by that one um that's what he prints all his stuff with that and he's does some good stuff on YouTube. But um, no, if you really want the one that's pretty much you open the box, do a few minor adjustments and let it run would be the Prusas. Uh, He's been at the forefront of, you know, this since the beginning of this so um good for you i've always wanted what i ordered a mark was it a mark two whatever when it, or was it a mark three when it first came out and then they canceled my order because they were so backed up and they said to call slater to uh order it again um so i never got mine um but yeah, yeah no so good two, for you
2: so two to six week lead even now uh, i even went for the one that's not built oh you're gonna oh, do, do gonna the gonna kit, huh? yeah have fun with that oh, bud yeah uh, it's no not it's,
0: it's
4: not hard do to do it's <laughs> just
2: <laughs> the manual's comprehensive from yeah. what i've seen of the reviews of that as well full color pictures oh. page by page yeah it, it's it not hard hours, you just it's, it's... You
0: just got to put the time into it that's all
2: yeah it's two three hundred bucks you save yeah um you know you know it might be some of that i record there we go. You know, we might see. You know, if if I can get it in shot because <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's a large bit of kit to try yeah. and fit in there. Um, yeah, I'll have a look at it, and you know, like I say, I'm, I'm more than confident that I can do what I need to do with Very it. Very nice. But as a, as a tool for printing, I've, I've really I've, I've committed to playing at home because of COVID. Yeah, sounds silly. No, no past, I, a lot of people I've have. A lot of people yeah. have. <laughs> So. Yeah, so I've ordered a six x four foldable gaming table from GameMat EU. Nice, um, Ooh, very nice. So that'll be cool, and it can store literally under the sofa in the front room. Uh huh. So I could just get that out, put it up in the front room. Um, I've already got three mats now from DeepCut. I've got a six by four, a three by three, and a four x four. Uh huh. So, like I say, going all in really and. Scenery is, is sort of the next stage. I can print minis, I can print, I've got the mats and I've got a table and I've got, I've got almost no scenery to put on it. So, having watched what Chris is doing and, and the fact that all the time, realistically, even buying a printer will save me money. Yeah. Uh, it's the truth of the amount of game systems I play and the different terrain I'd need.
0: So, guys, oh, I want yeah. you to keep that thought in the back of your head because we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, this seems to be a topic that i know has been explored before but now we need to re-explore it and that's the 3d printing and how it's affecting the hobby so keep that in back in mind uh let me jump over Mm -hmm. to jim jim what's going on with you my friend
1: Oh my god. Uh <laughs> Pacific series um, okay I'll pass.
0: excellent so,
1: series. Um, Absolutely. Really uh, oh, cool. Um thanks very much. I'm not sure exactly when we talked about it last, um, but I'm thinking that we uh, talked about episode thirteen and fourteen before and uh, more recently we've completed episode fifteen and sixteen. Episode fifteen was carrier operations, mm-hmm. which you know, you can't talk about the Pacific without talking about aircraft carriers. Um, gaming with aircraft carriers is definitely weird because um, <laughs> it's not your usual, you know, maneuver units to visual range on somebody, open fire, roll to hit, roll to apply damage, and try to avoid taking damage yourself. Carrier battles do not work that way.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and yeah, we go through all those options there. Uh, and then episode sixteen was the doctrine of island hopping. We tried to do a couple different things with the island hopping episode. Number one, we got through the history super fast and we went straight into the gaming options like two thirds, like, like one third of the way through the video. Yep. So there's a lot more gaming content in episode 16. Um,. Because I think what a lot of people do, and we've run across this uh, conversation before on other channels, is most people who do World War II gaming start in the, you know, Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers kind of thing, you know, Western Europe, 1944 and 45. And then they find out that they like it and they say, oh, look, there's this whole thing called the Eastern Front. There's this whole thing called the Western Desert. And then they go to the Pacific and they take what's probably a World War II system written for Europe and they roll over with it to the Pacific and it falls flat on its face. And the general conception is that Pacific gaming sucks. It doesn't suck. You're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, not to put too fine a point on it, or whatever. So basically, go through all the differences between, especially amphibious warfare. People see things like Saving Private Ryan, and they say, "Oh, I'm ready to do Pacific wargaming now because it's you know jump out of a Higgins boat and run up the beach." Um, it's not like that at all. And this goes into all the LBTs that Chris has been printing and the Marines that he's been printing and, uh, you know, projects ongoing there. Um, it's a nice little, uh, sort of a, of a joining together of two different project streams of how you do, you know, proper, um, amphibious warfare in the Pacific. It's not like it is in the Pacific. Uh, it's not like it is in Europe. Right. It's not like it is in Italy, North Africa, or especially in France. Uh, so we go through all of that super fast. Um, to kind of dovetail into that uh, we've had some valor and victory games uh, with community member chip uh, with uh, you know, valor and victory we did some. Uh, US Marine Corps uh, specifically golf company second battalion 21st marines uh, in Bougainville November 1943 some classic you know dripping jungle green hell kind of uh, South Pacific um, valor and victory battles. Uh, versus units of 23rd uh, Brigade, or should say 23rd Regiment of 6th IJA Division uh, in November of 43. So that game has been up on YouTube, the edits have finally uh, taken hold. Uh, they're on YouTube, and you know, it's it, it went really well. Um, I think especially for a first time player, I think Chip did really well on that. Good. Um, more recently after that, we had Yavasa or Piotr, I should say. Uh, Piotr and uh, myself sat down for some Panzer leader in uh, Wadi El Fareg. This is a small battle between um elements of what was just becoming Eighth Army and um Panzer Group Africa, not. Not the Africa Corps. That's that's a problem we'll have to get into later. Um, Panzer Panzer Group Africa, uh, specifically Eighth Panzer Regiment, Fifteenth Panzer Division. Um, so that was a battle uh, that we had between those units and um, just Second Brigade, First Armored Division uh, over there for the British. So that episode has been shot; it's in the can; it's all edited together. I'm thinking about putting it out on Wednesday so it doesn't conflict with other people's uh, content that's going out this week. Um, but Pyotr and I go back and we have like a little discussion about you know how that game went and you know what we could have done, what we should have done. Its historical impact um, and things like that uh okay also uh, I've been finishing up some uh, speaking of Africa Corps I've been sp- Finishing up some 28 millimeter um, Africa Core uh, material that's up on Discord and on, on Tabletop. Uh, that's the uh, set that was awarded to me at the end of the boot camp like two years ago. Mm. Um, so those minis got started and then they got kind of put on hold and they were kind of on like a shelf uh, in my closet and the shelf collapsed. Um, and then there was a whole bunch of damage done to the ventures when that happened. So, yeah, there was a lot of repair work on that, rebasing, re uh, priming. Uh, I lost a little bit of detail on some of the vehicles when I had to re- basically reprime them. Um, but it's been a salvage job, and it's now finally done. Um, I think it came out pretty well. Uh, that's up there. Uh, I'm now moving into Iraqi 15-millimeter, uh, that old army, uh, to get that ready to uh, face off against my Marines, uh, which I completed some time ago in 15-millimeter, using a lot of uh, Battlefront and uh, Team Yankee miniatures. Mm-hmm. For, uh, right, as, as like a base. Of course, you have to modify it. Because um, Team Yankee is not Gulf War uh, 1991, um, but it comes close-ish uh, with a little bit of kit bashing. You can, you know, sort of, yeah. you know, turn uh, a T-55 into a Type 59 Type 2. You can update the M-68 ones to the actual, you know, Marine Corps, you know, ERA tanks that they had in those days uh, and so on. Uh, And then later on today, we're going to do some Letters of Mark, uh, French versus Pirates.
4: Nice. Uh, We've got a player
1: lined up. Yeah. Um, We're also, yeah, so we're going to try obviously a new faction. We've never tried the French before, although in Letters of Mark, it barely matters because it's a very light game. But one rules thing we are going to roll out in today's game is shore fortifications. So we've got a, a pirate stronghold you know, kind of like one of these hidden coves or ports that they used to have uh, with a small, like former uh, uh, Spanish fort that they took, you know, God knows when um, somewhat dilapidated, but you know, as, as best as they could, the kind of stuff you see in black Sails. sales, uh-huh. uh, we have a, a, a fort at Nassau and we're going to have a French uh, marquee come down with a, uh, with a frigate and a bark. And they're going to face off against this, uh, excuse me, they're going to face off against this fortification and two pirate sloops. So it's a 10 point game. And um, we'll try uh, fortifications for the first time. We'll see how those work. okay cool. And uh, I think that's finally it. Um, going went through it super fast, but uh, yeah, that's what's. Uh, that's all, that's Jim. That is moment. all. E- oh,
0: seriously, where's your dedication?
1: Yeah. One, seriously. two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven. Only
0: seven <laughs> <laughs> items. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. Four, five. All right, Marty, you're up. Marty. Marty.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I had to get off mute. So uh yeah, thanks for letting me follow Jim. <laughs> uh I made a door.
4: Hey.
3: <laughs> I scratch I scratch built a door. I scratch built a set of gates for the uh for our uh thirteen hours table.
0: Excellent, eh? Uh,
3: pretty pr- pretty happy with how they look. They even work. You can well, the door might be a little small to get a miniature through, depending on the size of the base. I may not have been paying real close attention yeah. on that one, but it does open and close. Nice, uh, and and then a uh, a set of swinging gates for the uh, uh, back gated compound. Yeah. So I have I have those sitting on the desk, ready to come on over and be uh, installed. Uh, let's see, what else have I been working on? Oh, so uh, uh, I. Uh, kind of taking a page from, uh, from Gaz's, uh, playbook here. Uh, you know, there's not really a game to be had as well as, you know, I'm especially with folks that I'm not familiar with, you know, I don't know that I want to go out gaming just yet. So I've been working on stuff, uh, to do at the house. So I built my own, uh, urban play mat in 28 millimeter scale. So, now, much like everyone else, I need to build some terrain to put on it.
2: <laughs>
3: so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my hand at scratch building uh some uh some modern buildings. So that's it, uh that's my my big thing as well as uh I finally finished my uh uh my Humvee that I got from uh Spectre. Uh, my moderns, I'll have a ride now make sure I get them around. Uh, I've used, uh, I, I, used that while it was in progress when I was playing, uh, battle space. Cause you know, that's a solo game. So, uh, I've been playing that for a bit. Uh, I've been, uh, going through the rules for, uh, sanguine version two, uh, in preparation for our game, as well as, uh, I just like the rule set to be honest. I, I think that, uh, the changes they've made thus far are, uh, are quite beneficial. It'll streamline the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, they've, they've changed up uh, character creation and the stat line a little bit, uh, to give them more, uh, of a command to influence if you will. So your NCOs and officers can actually make, uh, uh, you know, motivate their soldiers and, uh, uh have a little more influence on what they're doing. Yeah. So uh, I think that that's a nice mechanic, and uh, it'll uh, it'll be useful in the, the game overall. You know, and especially with uh, you know, Sanguine's kind of an RPG like kind of game, so I think mm-hmm. that's a really good thing to have added to it. Yeah, uh, you know, it gives you it gives you that more personal feel that you know, uh, you know, Cap- Captain Lomax is able to motivate uh, his. his uh, Squad fire team, whatever he's got there, right? You know, kind of thing ver- versus he's just a really good character compared to the other one,
0: right? No, it's good. The real set, and uh, we'll be exploring the uh, s- second edition in the tabletop uh, for 13 years. So, yep.
1: So, so are you going to like be 3D pre- you, yeah, I'm sorry. You said you're going to be building urban terrain for 20 28 millimeter.
3: Yes, sir. Except, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm. I, I'm not I'm not the cool guy like everyone else that has, you know, a dozen 3D printers <laughs> at the house, oh, apparently. Yes, right.
1: I, there's there's so, not a, really a reason to, to, to 3D print that stuff. Um, yeah, no.
3: No, I'll be scratch building. It'll be uh, – most of that stuff will probably be foam board. Okay.
1: Uh, and
3: then, you know, uh, I will, uh, you know, take my hand at – you know, it's the first time I've built anything – like i'm anticipating building some larger buildings like three four-story buildings i've never built anything that big before so i'm kind of excited about that as well as you know my goal is to be able to play each story of the building so uh working out how to do that and make it not look like crap
1: um when i was it was only for 20 mil but when i built all my tables for the ukraine article series some time ago um the way i was able to do it was uh i mean just like a you know like like shortcuts or you know as someone who's already kind of walked down that 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 jungle trail and hit all the landmines or whatever <laughs> um i just went to uh To Google Images, I grabbed a bunch of surfaces. You know, brick, uh, aluminum siding, things like that. Um, Cinder block, different kind of you know uh, buildings, facings you want. And went went to the craft store and bought a bunch of those little jewelry boxes. And rather than try to build like like a single building that looks like you know has like all these different wings and um, you know foyers and different you know levels and stuff, almost just build like a whole bunch of just basic rectangles. And um, then what you're able to do after that is then just kind of let. Lego block it together however you want. It makes storage easier. It makes it easier for when you take it apart and you want to put in guys like inside on different levels of the building. Um, that was one big tip I had because now the boxes all fit into each other. I built a uh, a twenty millimeter Ukrainian Orthodox church that comes apart in like in like twelve different pieces. Uh, to build it all in one piece would have been impossible. To build it in little pieces like that, it's not just you know. Uh, whatever, uh, You know, a clever way to help with storage because all the little pieces fit inside the big piece. Um, it's just a hell of a lot easier, dude. It's And also you can now configure different shapes for different tables. You can actually make your church a slightly different shape or your big factory or your big civic building and things like that. So that was tip number one. Tip number two is um, signage. Um, make a whole bunch of signage, but don't actually attach it to your buildings. Just make like a whole bunch of cardboard signs or whatever, you know, like print it out on a regular piece of paper, slap it on the back of a notebook, or like the little cardboard that comes in the back of a notebook, cut it out and just keep them all in a bag. And uh, that way you can stick them wherever you want with a little bit of blue tack on your building. And there's no faster way to make a, a, a building look German or a table look Russian or Vietnamese by just slapping a couple of signs on there that says, you know, know, buy this toothpaste in Vietnamese or Russian. You know, especially languages that look very different than ours, it really changes the mood of a table like instantly. Um, And then if you're making moderns, uh, the one thing that people always forget, or not always, but often forget is chain link fence. Um, You make chain link fence, boom, your table no longer can be confused with World War II. The fastest way to make a World War II table? Look like a, a World War Three table is just throwing some chain link fence. Uh, that's just one thing they didn't really have in those days. Um, and there's like you know, there's different ways to do it. I use uh, those splatter screens that you buy at uh, at Walmart for the you know for, for your for your frying pan, but that's for fifteen or twenty mil. Um, I think there's some different gauges you can buy for that that work for. Uh, uh, for 28 mil. And you literally just buy it. They cost like, what, five or six bucks a piece. And like you cut a strip of it and you can bend it any way you want. You slap a little bit of grass on the bottom and you have chain link fence. And yeah,
2: there, that's a great there's, idea. No, there's
1: no faster. Uh, I've just been my experience. There's no faster way to make a table look modern than to throw some chain link fence on. Otherwise it's like, Oh, is that World War Two? Oh, is that Korea? Oh, is that? No dude. Chain link fence. Boom. It's instantly, um, you know, uh, a modern look. Uh, so those are the three things that I ran across when I built those, uh, those tables a long, long time ago. And I still have all that stuff in storage. So if I wanted to, I could rebuild those tables now. Um, it just helps with storage. If you make the buildings all modular is what I found.
3: Yeah. yeah and you know, that, that is definitely something that I've considered and I haven't, I have cracked the code on how exactly to do that yet. So, uh, I will definitely, uh, you know, take a heart, uh, your advice there and, uh, See if I can uh, incorporate that because one thing that I do not have a lot of here at the house is space. I mean, I've got a, I've got a, basically, I've got a small loft upstairs that has my desk and my paint station and whatnot at it. But uh, unless the wife has okayed me to uh, clear off the kitchen table, which isn't necessarily a thing, uh, I also have the game up here when I'm playing solo. So uh, smaller tables. I mean, I, I probably can't go bigger than four by three in my space, uh, okay. right now. But, uh, you know, uh, so not bad for a, uh, a tight skirmish level game. Uh, you know, so like sanguine falls right into that because Lord knows you don't want to do a ton of movement.
2: <laughs>
1: so, of <laughs> course, of course, a uh, even a 20 millimeter thing. was only ever like, uh, like recommended like two by three. And, uh, yeah. So yes, yeah, skirmish games are usually on pretty small tables.
3: Yeah. So I, and that's all I'm set up for. I don't, I don't have anything, uh, math battle. So, you know, it, it's kind of leaning into, into what I've already got, you know, and you know, the, again, I'm the, I'm the guy that's fairly new to the hobby. I've been doing this for about a year and a half, you know, I mean, really I, I started hobby after Adepticon, uh, 2019. You know, that's when I really, you know, seriously got into it. I've done some stuff before, but. That's when I legit got into it. So,
1: cool. The buildings I had were um, Google Images, um, an inkjet printer, uh, some cardboard from the craft store, and a bunch of those stupid little uh, clear glue uh, sticks from like ice sc- from like uh, elementary school. Right. And a lot of patience. Um, yeah. No, no high tech. And then a little bit of paint around like, like where the corners are, they don't, you see a little bit of the inside of the cardboard or the inside of the paper, you just paint over that a little bit, just to make it look, you know, it's so obvious. And uh, yeah, then you literally just like Lego block them together. And again, it could make different shapes for different tables. And again, I I had like a five by four, six by four table at 20 millimeter stacked full, like true urban terrain packed with like four. And, two and three story buildings, four story buildings in some cases. And it all has to fit in like one big, like Rubbermaid bin or whatever at the end of the day and go up in a closet. So yeah, I'm definitely in the same boat as far as uh, space goes and limitations of that, of that sort.
3: Awesome. Well, I will uh, uh, keep you updated as, as, as that goes along. We'll compare notes.
1: Awesome. Very and then, cool.
3: Uh, be- go ahead. Uh, and, and then, then I also, uh, you know, uh, unrelated to modern, I guess, uh, i I play dust and i uh, I got a bunch of new dust stuff in so I'm painting those up so I've got some mercenary uh teams and some walkers and let uh, uh, I get the uh the as uh, uh, heroes box so i haven't uh, haven't started painting my heroes yet but uh, I did start on the walkers I've got the mercenaries all done I just need to finish basing uh, the characters uh and the walkers are in progress so.
0: That's that's my hobby stuff for now. Very cool. Uh my hobby stuff? Nothing. Um, unfortunately, I've been uh, job hopping and job searching all over the country. So I've been doing a lot of traveling and stuff. So uh, I haven't had an opportunity to really do much on hobby. So let's do a couple transit- Uh, Chris, do you have any news? I have a news item. I just got a Facebook post last night about something. I, I don't know if Chris or Gaz, anybody has any news items um, that have come up?
2: Oh, taking. Yeah. I've got a couple. Uh, Flames of War, migration. the Soviet infantry release, has just come out. Uh-huh. So um, if you're into your 15 mil, I know Jim always thinks quite highly of the Flames of War models and such. Uh, they've now got uh, rifle companies, engineering sappers, SMG groups, and storm groups. So they're racking up some real infantry bases in the new style for great, great for anything if you want to do the Soviet stuff. It's really fleshing out the horde armies that you can produce. Mm-hmm. Um, on the topic of, um, what Mike was just talking about, actually, with the Middle East and getting some sort of modern scenery, uh, Renadra. Uh, yeah, just I saw that. Some new buildings. Yeah. Their Middle East Wargaming, 28 mil. Uh, they're really nice. They're plastic on sprue and you can build them up for single level, I think, two or three stories. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're quite nice. Um, I like the—they've really gone to work on the texture on the outside and put stuff on the inside, like sofas and the rugs on the floor, and so you, and the ladders to move in and around. So it made for some quite interesting scenery for stuff uh, that's modern and twenty-eight mil setting. Yeah, very, uh, I'm going to have to check some one, of that out. And the final one that I know. Definitely tick a few boxes for you. Uh, Bill is uh, Knuckle Duster Miniatures. Gunfighter's Ball have just released the ERPs mounted on horse. What? I haven't seen so that Wyatt. yet.
4: Oh, I missed. Mean- <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Wyatt, Doc, Virgil, Turkey Creek, Texas Jack, and you can also get Sherm McMaster on foot and mounted. Nice. So the initial ones are all on horseback, oh. and you get Sherm as an extra as well.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, hey, I, I, I definitely got to get into that game some more. Um, <laughs> yeah, good old Western. Awesome. That's exciting news. It really is. Um, so I got a Facebook message last night that the rule set for Zero Dark Thirty is now released. Um, I'm trying to remember who writes it. Well, they've been talking about it for a while. And, of course, I don't have my phone in front of me. So, um when i can get my hands on it um they made it shareable as a dropbox file i want to say that to me so i think that it was a general release but i'll have to check it out um but they've been talking about it's it's a, it's a um, ultra modern combat rule set and i think there's miniatures they're talking as well um so i will have to, yeah i'll have to look at that as um i'll get that up there chris have you heard anything about that or marty or
4: uh, my post on the uh, the, group, the um, Dropbox link. On oh, you the, did post uh, it? Okay, cool. Bench. And they're from Australia, and I believe they are doing miniatures. And, yeah, I didn't uh, realize they were doing minis with that. Yeah, I think they're 3D sculpts right now. Oh, awesome. Yeah, they look really good. Awesome. Other than that, that's about all I've uh, I've, uh, been able to find out right at the moment.
0: Yeah, I haven't had a chance to look at it. I just saw it last night. All right, let's uh, switch gears again. And we've done a lot of talking about 3D printing today. Um, Obviously, three of us have 3D printers or or multiple printers and uh, are doing quite a bit, Chris, especially. Um, So the question or thought I want to pose to everybody is... Do you think, you know, this question was posed several years ago by Warren over at uh, Beast of War, now OTT, about how people were predicting or not predicting that uh, 3D printing was going to change miniature gaming. Now you see the proliferation of stuff that like Chris is printing and doing and you know Gaz is talking about doing and I've done I mean I mean I'm looking at several of the minis I've printed and terrain I've printed over the uh, last few years since I first got into it do you think it has changed the landscape of miniature wargaming now that we've had several years to be involved in it is it more yeah. accessible to people is it costing less is it affecting actual miniature making companies
3: well, I think it's literally changed the landscape because now they're getting to the point where you can print terrain.
0: Yeah. Well, honestly, yeah. terrain was one of the first things you could print. Printable scenery. Right, with the FDM. Yeah, with the, uh, because you got better quality with, I mean, I'm looking at the water mill that I printed from printable scenery f- f- five years ago now. Um, and it it's a really good quality. But when you tried to print miniatures back then, they didn't come out sharp. There was a lot of, you know, it, the quality wasn't there. But now you look at some of these resin printers, even the Anycubic Photon, which is now under $200, and you can print really good miniatures with it. Um, and then the newer ones are even better. So do you think it's affected miniature gaming?
4: I do. I, I really do think it's affected miniature gaming. Um, I know since I got my resin printer, I got a Mars, uh, an Elegoo Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, I've printed accessories for our Star Wars games. I've printed miniatures for our Star Wars games that uh-huh. we haven't been. Like the thing with Star Wars, as an example, it's getting the miniatures. Because some, some of the miniatures are impossible. You know, look at Ben over at uh, Ott. He's had a hell of a time trying to. He finally found one a Chewbacca, but you couldn't find them. you couldn't find like different units. Yeah. And I know I have printed droids for my son. Um, I've printed D and D miniatures and other role playing game miniatures and things that I haven't seen in miniature. I've printed mm-hmm. like I know there's. One or two small companies that make um, riot uh, uh, police and riot troops, but they're hard to get. And so I've printed my own.
0: Yeah.
4: So it's changing how we how we game. I'm pretty sure, you know, like for me, it has. I can now print things that I, I was having a difficult time finding. Yeah.
0: Yep. No, it's, well, I mean, go ahead, Jim. Chris,
1: uh, you're, you've got like a small factory in your house. So <laughs> yeah. We're going to start calling you China West or something. Yeah, just, uh, so, I mean, yeah, I would say it's definitely a changing for you. Uh, most certainly.
3: Well, the, I think that the, uh, the proliferation of STL file availability, whether that's through thingy version, it's free. It's, uh, A Patreon that somebody supports for uh, a subscription or Uh you just straight up purchase it from a site gives people the ability to print stuff that would not be available because there's not the demand or the person who's designed the file doesn't have the capacity to manufacture that product, but they're able to generate a file and share it. You know, and so there's a lot of great stuff that we I don't think we would ever see it would never make it to market yeah. if it wasn't for uh, STL files and being able to print them uh, yourself
0: yeah no that's a good point uh, Gaz being a former miniatures company yourself uh, with a game do you think this is a bonus or is this a hindrance to physical brick and mortar companies
2: um, I think it's um I think it actually helps a lot. Um I pay for a patron ten dollars a month that produces miniatures, some terrain and bases that are themed around each army or each release. Uh-huh. These these companies, yes, they may be more likely to have their stuff pirated for want of a better word. Uh-huh. But that's already happening to standard miniatures anyway. Yeah. So stuff like that. If, it, if it's a specific uh, IP, that, especially if it's popular, so let's take, for example, a lot of the Games Workshop stuff, there's already so much of it on Thingiverse. So you know, the, the Star Wars Legion, you can get them separately now. Yeah. If it's popular, it's already happening. Yeah. So this gives these companies a way of producing a good income, good revenue, being able to plan ahead a little bit because essentially you're paying a monthly fee. So unless they don't like you, they generally stay in. If they keep the cost low, such as $10, you... Even on a rough month, you'll probably stick with it and just run on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I follow has over 5,000 patrons with a minimum buy in of 10 bucks. Yep. Yeah, I'm with so that one as, as a, well. Yeah. So the real estate they need to do that disappears because yep. the guys can sculpt from home. So that lowers their costs. You know, the shipping is non existent. Yep. So no loss in shipping or absorbing costs. They don't have to put that onto to the customer. Uh, they're hosted on a, uh, almost like a broker site. It's uh, My Mini Factory. Mm-hmm. So they're hosted on there, which also means that they'll pay a small revenue to them, but essentially they're kind of supporting each other. They're being put into a platform, being made pretty. Um, some of the models I've painted, you can load yourself on there to show how the model looks painted. So I've put up a couple to help the guys push on and get more interest. The... The main everything that ties in with that gives the sculptors more time, more freedom, less stress, which means they produce better final products. Yeah, yeah, and you're not um, having to the, fight
0: with import issues. Uh, you're not have to, you know, because a lot, let's be honest, a lot of the stuff is made in China. So I know a couple companies where they actually have to send somebody over to China to. Um, you know, look at quality control and things like that. So.
2: Yeah. When, um, Guild Ball set up to move on to doing, uh, I think it was 3 million. They got on Kickstarter for Dark Souls, uh-huh. um, chatting with, um, the guys that ran that cause we knew them from salute and some other things. Um, they went to eight Chinese factories to inspect, uh, process work conditions, final product, you know, etc. um, Once they got through that, they then had to basically get an legal team in China to build IP protection, copyright protection for that country. So a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the copyrights and trademarks and IPs are not international. So often when you go, specific countries won't protect you unless you have it in their country registered. So it's a, it's a real minefield of, of back and forth and some, somebody's going to hack it somewhere and it's going to come out and it's yeah. going to be cheaper or it's going to be different. So yeah, having it digital already, it's it's as easy to get it as possible. Yep. you literally don't have to leave your home if you've got the printer, you could yeah. you know, hardwire it straight across onto a, um, a memory stick, move it to your printer, and within a, what, six, seven hours for whatever size mini, a really high quality for 28 mil, say yeah. you'll have a selection of miniatures that make up a small group. Yeah, So a four-man fire team, you know, for, for moderns, you'd have them there, they're on the printer, they're ready to go, um, a little bit of treating, a little bit of resin uh, treatment to make sure they harden up the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. Prime them, and the next evening you're playing the game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it is, and the nice thing is, even in, over the last four or five years, we have seen such tremendous improvement in machines and printing quality and lower costs. You know four years ago, a resin printer was several thousand dollars. You know, now, like I said, you can get an any cubic resin printer and it prints really well for under $200. Um, so, you know, I obviously it's all coming down in price and all the good stuff, so.
2: We're also seeing them start to cater to the consumer because the hardest part originally was to build the support structure for the miniature, as you know, having had a couple that you've had to do that for yourself with a lot of the miniatures that are coming out now they're pre-supported by guys that do it regular. Yeah. So they might still have the odd little problem, but predominantly they they're good to go straight from how you receive them. Yeah. Um, you literally just bang it onto the uh, build plate, put it into the printer and off you go. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it, and it's only going to get easier. The money's there, the interest is there, the supports there, the, you know, the the developments Happening all the time, so uh, who knows where we'll be with printers in another five years? It yeah. may literally be the same as having a paper printer attached to your computer. You get in a human-sized set of miniatures on your plate in two to three hours instead of five to six. Yeah, and you you know you downloaded it when you're at work, and when you get home, it's already there for you, ready to go.
0: Yeah. It's it's exciting. It's really exciting. It's definitely changed. I think it's made miniature gaming more accessible for a lot of people, uh, you know, because like I said, You don't have to have a big science technical degree to run a printer these days. Uh, As long as you know how to uh, basically level the build plate, you know, if you don't have one that's auto leveling um, and you pretty much and you get some good quality files from somewhere, boom, you're gone, you know, and the speeds and print quality has come uh, up way much, you know, Print speed is uh, up. Quality is up um, because I'm looking at, like I said, my watermill that I printed five years ago, and that was a 60 hour print job, Um, you know, and then some of the miniatures I used to print were seven, eight hours. And on my resin printer, it literally I can print uh, miniatures in a couple hours and they're really good, you know, so everything is so improved and it makes it even more accessible. So I think yeah. it, it really will help the hobby in a lot of ways. And I honestly think a lot of these bigger miniature war game companies are going to have to make adjustments to that and their business plan will have to change a little bit. So we'll see. So yeah, it's gonna,
1: uh, stimulate an improvement in a lot of the websites, um, cause I don't know about you guys, but every time I go to purchase miniatures, like the old fashioned way, uh-huh. number one, you have to know where to go. I mean, talk about how, how it makes it more accessible to people. As a relative newcomer to, to miniature gaming, just finding out where to go to buy some of the stuff is a huge pain in the um, third point of contact. Number one. And number two, so many of these websites are, comp- you know, I'm sorry, but a lot of these websites are garbage. Uh, You go there and you don't know where to go. You don't know what to click on. You didn't mean to buy that. You meant to buy that. Oh, we forgot to tell you that was out of stock. I mean, I won't mention the company name, but it was a project I was working on. I go to buy something. I buy the things that I need for the, for the project, the specific type of vehicle that I needed. Waited, 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 didn't get anything. Okay. Went to another company, bought the miniatures. The miniatures got to me, built them, painted them. We're talking about several, we're talking about an an ariskin sized tank army. So, you know, quite a few vehicles. Ran the games, photographed the games, wrote the articles, published the articles. We're talking about like a three month, you know, span of time here. Then I find out from site A that, oh, the product you ordered three months ago is out of stock. Oh, by the way, we're keeping your money and we're going to send you this instead. Um... No, that's not how you run an online business. This is a relatively large company. Um, So, I mean, come on, guys. So, I'm hoping that maybe a side effect of this because I don't really foresee myself getting a 3D printer. But hopefully what this will do is some of these companies that still want to sell miniatures the old fashioned way will say, Hey, people can print their own minis. Now they don't have to put up with our bullshit. Maybe we need to actually hire a web developer, hire a web designer to sit down and actually make an online store that works. Um, where it's a lot more easy to tell like what we have, what we don't have, mm-hmm. you know, what the quality is and, you know, to get it to you in a relatively short order. Yeah, um, I've, I've had good experiences with some companies, I've had some really bad experiences with some other companies. And I'm like, as bad or as small as our uh, economy is, as far as, you know, the market for miniature wargaming, it's not like a huge thing. Right. We're not like selling iPhones here as small as it is, you think you could like clean up some of the low hanging fruit as far as like basic obstacles that people have to get through to actually purchase your product. People who want to give you their money. Oh, well now they can just 3D print it instead. So, you know, welcome to more lost revenue. Um, I don't know. I, I just hope that they kind of, that some of the, people again, I won't mention anyone by name, but I hope that some of these people like start to clean up a little bit of their websites a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you um, uh, Games Workshop, doesn't actually, does a very good job of their online stores and websites. Um, you know, all their miniatures, you can zoom in, rotate, you know, take a look at. Um, they do update the stock quantities and all that pretty quickly. So, you know, so, say what you will about Games Workshop, but they do their business very well. So-
1: well, they're a very large company. Yeah, yeah. they, they so, would definitely be a good example of yeah. that. So surprisingly, I was not on the GW site buying GW products. What? So I to have this <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> and then, yes, there are smaller companies that I can think of one that's pretty popular that, uh, you know, needs to update regularly and things like that. So, you know, and uh, we got to understand a lot of these smaller companies are one, two man operations. So, um,
1: in, in, in the environment of 3D printing, they're about to get a lot smaller. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, definitely. So, all right, guys, uh, any final thoughts? Um, we're going to close out the show. Jim's got some huge gaming plans today. So what mm-hmm. are you playing today, Jim? Obviously, it's a little pirate action. You've spoke about it earlier. Yeah.
1: Just give everybody a reminder. Yeah. Uh, a 10-point uh, letter of marquee, um French versus pirates, not terribly huge. Um, but we're going to go live in about 33 minutes. So not a huge rush, but we are coming down to it. So Very
0: cool. Very cool. So by the time you listen to this podcast, that game will have already been played. Uh, Join Jim on Sundays. Um, for live gaming. Uh, He does different games each uh, week on Sundays. um, And he adjusts the time according to his opponent, wherever they may be in the wide blue marble that we live on. Um, So uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, You can join the conversation live over on Twitch um, and YouTube. Uh, He doesn't do Facebook. So we try and have somebody on Facebook to help along as well. Um, So, Just keep up the good work, everybody. Uh, Thank you, everybody, to the command team. Uh, Have a good week at gaming, Jim. Are you uh, the good guys or the bad guys? Well, I guess it depends on your point of view, doesn't it? Um,
1: um, I think my opponent, uh, Terasmus, by the way, okay. is going to play the French. Oh. Uh, I will play the Pirates. Oh. So six to five and pick them. Who's the bad guys? I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So, Chris is going to be putting out some more 3D print material and some other hobbying. Gaz has got a painting thing coming out as well. Um, so, there's a lot on the table. Uh, I need to talk to Mark. Marty about Thursday night, because he's going to have to put out of uh, I'm thinking the Vine video, Marty. I think you need to do that. Um, so. Yep. So. All right, guys. This is uh, Bill for the sip. Ret podcast command team and we want to thank you for following along and growing our channel um our numbers keep climbing i got good news from jim that our discord channel is blowing up uh please find us everywhere and tell your friends and we look forward to talking to you guys real soon and getting some more actual uh members participating in some more events i guess we have a uh a, one of our local friends who would like to uh be there when we do the tabletop games so um be on the lookout for that so remember the 26th of september is the transit game we're starting that at noon central daylight time and then um the following weekend will be the miniatures game so you have to watch one to find out what happens on the second one or otherwise it might not make sense and if you want to win that contest remember you have to comment on the transit game video to the final end result of the outcome of the entire event the one who comes closest will win an awesome prize so keep up the good work guys thank you very much to everybody out there and for the command team this is bill and we want to say thank you and we will see you later